what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Don't you think it's time we had an episode about the truly important people in our lives, our pets? Well, we agree. And in this episode of Brothers in Tech, we discuss some ways that technology can enhance your pet's life while possibly providing you with some peace of mind at the same time. Whether it be for safety, feeding, training, or play, we introduce and provide our thoughts on the latest pet tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and with me on the right-hand side of the screen over there is Brian Jackson. Brian, how are you doing? Good, Alan. How are you? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Happy to be good together. This whole video thing seems to be working out okay. We're having yeah, a good time with so. that. So. I think so. How's my how's my video look? I mean, I mean, relatively I mean, speaking. Mm, the content, you know, it's, it's is kind of crappy. Right? Content, yeah. Content's not great, but the quality's fine. Yeah. It looks good. Yeah. yeah. Not too bad. Well, you know, we, I had uh, a, I had a comment that I that mm-hmm. I had been looking into different parts of the screen. So I'm actually trying something new. I've got my my webcam on a tripod that's right in the center of my screen. I okay. actually have your video right behind it. So really all I see above my webcam is your eyes. So I'm trying to get to where I'm looking at your eyes, but I'm looking as close to the camera as I can. So see this is a perfect example, Brian, of we do take listener uh, feedback and uh, we do get yeah. questions. We're commenting about the fact that last episode we put out was all about maximizing your audio and video for video conferencing or Zooms or whatever it may be. And right. we got some great discussions with people online about some ideas and different tactics. So Brian is rolling out one of those tactics now as we speak. So not too bad. That's good. Yep. Yep. So it is not, but let me, let me divert you just a second. I mean, one of the things that I noticed and it was good that it was called out that when you have a external webcam, which I do, uh, and I have that because my laptop is on my left and an external monitor is in front of me. Um, so of course the bigger, the monitor means that the webcam is going to be on top of that monitor, which means that anything that I'm looking at on the screen is going to be further and further away from the webcam, right? Especially if I'm going down to my dock like this. And But, you know, uh, we've had a, a couple of good examples. I think there's even a uh, an example someone shared of a webcam that you can hang from the top of your screen that sits in the middle of your screen. And so I'm kind of doing a version of that and putting the webcam in the, in the center of my screen. Now, of course, it covers up part of my screen. So if I was doing meetings to where I was actually typing or trying to, to deal with documents, this may not be the best, uh, best solution, but, um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is good. So it's certainly for a podcast, you know, looking in the middle of the screen and looking directly at the camera might be a good move. So, so there we go. Yeah. Right. I mean, as bad as my image is going to look, you know, naturally, at least this is the better version of that. Right. So yeah. there we go. No, I think that's good. Uh, good use of some feedback and following up on our previous episode. But Brian, that's not what we're talking about today. I mean, no, it's not. I, mean I know, I know we could probably go on and do a follow up on last week's subject, but we've got a different one we want to talk about today. And this is Brothers in Tech, in case, you know, we just kind of jumped right into our conversation and <laughs> didn't really set up what we're doing here. Um, 
I'm Alan Jackson. That's Brian Jackson. We are brothers, uh, but we're both uh, really into technology, and we like to talk a lot about home and family and personal technology. Uh, we kind of started this program uh, because we found ourselves being the the go to IT people, kind of in our ta- in our families, and uh, you know, even a network of friends and all that too. People just kind of would have problems with their cell phones, with their home TVs, whatever it may be, we'd be the one to get the call. We know there's a lot of you out there like that in that same boat. So we want to be a resource to everybody. Or maybe if you're somebody who's been the one making the calls to somebody else all this time, and you're like, maybe it's time I become a little more self-sufficient and learn some of this on my own. Uh, Hopefully we can be a resource to help out with that. So that's hence the name brothers in tech. That's why we're here. Um, and today, Brian, we got a new topic to talk about. We are going to talk about pets and technology. Pets. Uh, pet tech. Pet, pet tech. tech. Yeah, talking yeah. about your dogs, your cats, your it's pretty much the main ones we're going to get into. I don't really think we <laughs> are, have any are there tech. any others we need to worry about? I, mean, I don't think we on. have any tech to worry about with birds or fish. Let's focus on no, dogs and no cats tech primarily today. today. No. Um yep. But seeing as how that's a majority of what pets people own, I think we're going to cover a bigger, bigger audience that way. We are going to talk about ways to use, incorporate some new technology into the care and raising and uh, management of your pet. So we got some uh, interesting topics. Again, technology has already always played some little bit of role in how people take care of their pets. But I think especially the last several years, we've seen some real growth in some areas and with smart home technology. There's some ways to tap into some different things with pets that we couldn't do before. So, uh, so Brian, what's, what's kind of, just kind of sum up for us. What are we going to talk about with, uh, with pets? What are kind of the categories we're going to well, be getting into here? Yeah. So I think, you know, we, we tried to, to think about what are the, what are the major areas of concern or areas of work that you have to do in owning a pet, right? So um, we thought kind of first and foremost, keeping that pet safe, or keeping them close by, understanding where they are, right? So we'll talk about safety. Uh, we're going to talk about probably, uh, which is a, a, an important thing to do anytime you have a pet, talk about feeding them. So uh, feeding That's the pet kind of right, is kind of an important, important. piece, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got some other things that I think are maybe a little less important, but uh, can be really, really useful as well, such as training, training your pet, Um you know, dealing with uh, the business, the business, as we're going to call dealing, it. Um, dealing with the uh, the seedier side of uh, pet pet management. That's right, so, right. Yeah. Getting down and dirty with the, uh, uh, the business. Um, so that's going to be its own category. Uh, and then I think kind of more of fun, uh, you know, dealing with play, right? Uh, ways in which you can engage um, in play with your, with your pet. So safety, feeding, training, the business and play are going to be our areas of, uh, of coverage today, right? I think okay. that covers the majority of what we need to worry about. It should, that's... but we're also at the end of the episode, we'll give you a few websites of some places we recommend. Yeah. If you're really interested yep. in digging deeper into some more technology uses for your pet, uh, there's some great online resources and sites that specialize in selling a lot of uh, products that tap into the technology world to help with yep. how you uh, handle your pets. So uh, let's let's kind of talk. Let's get into first, Brian. Let's talk kind of the. I feel like one of the most important things. I mean, because here's the thing: feeding and training and all that. There are ways to do all of that now naturally. 
you know, without technology. We're going to talk about some ways to improve that. But safety to me is probably where technology can really play a role that would have been really difficult to do beforehand. Yeah. Um, yep. How do we keep track of our pets using technology? Uh, I know the microchips were always a thing that, you know, you could go to your veterinarian and many of them would, would provide the service where they could microchip your, your pet. Well, it was a little yep. bit of a costly process. Um, and it's just the fact that it is something that's you know embedded in your, in your pet. Uh, it doesn't give you a lot of flexibility. It's pretty much, you know, there it is. And you have one way of communicating with it. But and I don't think Alan was, was the, was the microchip microchip was if a dog was or a pet was found, right? right. It's not going to like let scan you it and figure it. out. Yeah. Yeah. You no. couldn't track it, right? You couldn't go and say, where is my dog? You know, well, the idea is that if somebody found the they dog, have some GPS versions. Yeah. yeah. If somebody could find the dog, they could turn it in and there are yep. places where they could scan it and get some information. They did roll out some that could also be GPS trackable. But again, it's a pretty, I mean, the idea of actually putting something inside your pet that's pretty much locked in, it's there. You don't have a lot of flexibility what you can do with it once it's there. Right. Um, I never really got into that idea. Uh, of course, most of my pets are ones that stay inside, so I didn't see the need to get them tracked. But yep. I can understand for somebody who has an outdoor pet, especially one that could roam a little bit, the tracking is really important. For an indoor dog or a cat, uh, if you have one and, and you're worried about them leaving, like, you know, we just moved to a house where we have a very busy front road in front of us. So even yeah. our indoor dog and cat, if they ran out the front door when they're not supposed to, that could be that could be a problem. So we kind of need to know if they're in the house or not. And Really, a, a microchip wasn't going to help us with something like that. So, yeah, what, what's so, a, what's a really me, some great options there, Brian? Well, kind of, I, I, I want to take that example you just made because that's that's yeah. a really good one for us to think about. So, for the pet owner who has an animal that, if they were to leave your house or leave your yard, right, that they're that that's concerning to you and that's something that you want to know about or something that you want to keep from happening so i think that's a really good approach because all the things we're going to talk about here have to do with that scenario right so one is do you just want to be able to track your dog or your cat right do you want to know like if you wanted to pull up on your mobile device say where are they right now that means that there needs to be some sort of sensor that is on them, probably on a collar, probably something that they're carrying around with them all the time that has some sort of GPS connection, um, that there are ways of doing that, right? There are location trackers. Uh, there are ways that just like you can start to track everything else in your possession these days, um, this would be something that could uh, go on there. I'm assuming most of, the, most of the options, and there's a bunch of these out there, but most of them are going to be collar-based, right? You attach to the collar, and it's a device that has power to be able to have a GPS signal. So at any point in time, you can't find Fido in your house that you could pull up and say, where, you know, where is he? Uh, and be able to see, oh, he got out and he's, you know, at the neighbor's house or he's down the street. Um, that seems to be cutting down on some of the problems that, you know, we have uh, we have seen as pet owners in the past, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But one thing that I think when the role of a smart technology starts to really roll in is, you know, imagine your dog does take off running, but you don't know they're gone for a certain amount of time yep. until you yep. just happen to realize that they're gone and they've already slipped out the door. They could be half a mile down the road already. 
and you don't know. So when you start getting into this idea of incorporating things like GPS trackers or other type of trackers with a smart home type of setup, uh, they do make the devices now where you could basically say, I want to tie it in with, I want to get notified if this thing leaves a certain boundary or leaves this home or goes a certain number of feet away from me. And when you get down to GPS technology, you're pretty precise with that. So they can really say, all right, if it gets outside of this boundary that I kind of define as my house and maybe my yard, yeah, notify, notify me, yeah. like send me a mm-hmm. notification on my phone right away. So that way I haven't lost precious time trying to find out where they went. Um, yep. Yeah. So that's where it gets yeah. kind of exciting to think about is that, you know, it, it's a little more preventative. I mean, yes, they've still ran away, but by catching it quickly and getting notified, it's a much more preventative way to go and try to resolve it than having to kind of backtrack and figure out where they are. Even if you could track them on a GPS, you're still behind them now and you're having to kind of catch up and, and get to right. them. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so if you think about it, Alan, it's, um, I mean, all the, all the notification possibilities we have now that have already uh, started to, to come about things like, you know, notify me uh, or turn on my security system when I leave the house, right? The fact that it knows that your phone has left the house. Well, basically what you're doing is with most of these devices, you're going to have to give the pet some device that's then going to trigger one of these notifications, right? And the notifications can be things like the moment it goes out the pet door, which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. in a minute, tell me, or the moment it leaves my yard. Well, that means you need to have sensors in your yard, tell me, right? Or the moment it leaves my Wi-Fi network, which for Wi-Fi, you know, may reach, I don't know, 150 feet, right? From your house, um, notify me. Um, so I think the the cool part is the way that technology has been set up these days, one, that it's gotten smaller. So that chip or that sensor can be put on a, a collar pretty easily. Um, and then there can be sensors set up either with the yard or with the door or with, you know, location based that says when that sensor leaves that area, give me a notification. And Mm -hmm. just as, you know, any other device that we have with security um, can notify you fairly quickly, um, those things are available now. And I think they're great. I think those are, those are great uses of technology, especially if you have a, as you said, you have a runner, right? You have somebody that if they were to get out, yeah, they potentially are going to, you know, get in trouble. They're going to get to the road, or they're going to going to run to your old house if you just moved. Right? Those are things you need to, to obviously be able to use technology yeah. for. Well, what I love, Brian, is that the idea that once you've got something on your dog, let's say on the collar, on on a on a cat, you can start. It's just like a it's like a watch. It's like wearing a watch on your on your human wrist here. And that it can do a lot more. So there are devices out there that are, mm. yes, they're tracking. That's their main goal is to keep you tracked of where your animal is. But since this device is on, you know, on the collar of your pet, it's there all the time. It's able to track and monitor a lot of other things. We've actually seen a lot of these trackers starting to say, look, we're going to go beyond just the idea of just location. That's important. But we also want to help you get some information about the health of your animal, help you track how healthy or how, how some things you need to be mindful of with your animals. So um, I love this and I'm going to bring up an example here of one that's uh, a pretty high regarded one, but I think it shows a great example of what you can do now with these types of devices. And this is an example. This is the whistle 
um, Go is Whistle makes a kind of a, a, a array of products to help with uh, animal you know, monitoring and smart devices mm-hmm. there. This one is a health and GPS. So again, it's this idea of taking the fact that you're going to have a little box or a little device on the collar of your animal and it allows you to track the GPS as well. But it also does things like health monitoring to get proactive alerts when they catch potential issues. You can see, you know, uh, fitness features. So it is tracking <laughs> fitness of your animal. If you can put in the uh, dog's breed, weight, and age, you can see, is it getting the kind of exercise it's needing yeah. based yep. on the number of steps? And taking how, enough of steps and moving yeah, enough. moving around and, as yep. well, mm-hmm. which I think is just great. I think that's all of yep. a sudden, if you're going to, if you're going to, spend some time to get your, your animal to where you can track them. Let's why not use that same technology to try to learn more about what we can do. Again, I use the Apple watch with my family members. Sometimes I just, we just want to know where each other are and it's great for location. But the fact that the watch is also getting us fitness information, it's the same idea with these kind of trackers now available for animals as well. Um, Yeah. No, that's curious about that. Yeah, I'm curious about the health monitoring. I'm just, uh, yep. you know, what what are some things that I'm looking to see here? So it says the algorithms analyze your pets looking, scratching, drinking, and sleeping week over wow. week. But just really wow. think about it. If, you're, if your dog is not sleeping really well, and it can track that and let you know that, hey, your dog's sleeping rhythms are really bad or there's some possible issues, it's going to notify you about that. Um, just like your, your watch would if you had some sort of uh, – heartbeat issue or anything else going on. So I think that's oh, really I love great. This. I think yeah, that's really cool. I love it. Now so we'll say these kind I, of products are, you know, are kind of ahead. pricey. You know, they're 100, 150 bucks and I think you got to have a subscription uh, to monitor for the, throughout the uh, year for a service like yeah, this. Kind but, of like um, a security, like a security yeah. service would be. Yep. But it's pretty cool though. Pretty cool. It is very cool. Very cool. So Alan, uh, you know, one other little minor issue that I would mention is just the size of it. Yeah. something to keep in mind, right? If you're someone like me who has always had small dogs, right? Even even a device that size is mm-hmm. pretty big when you're talking about a 10 it or 12 pound that, dog, yeah. mm-hmm. right? If you have a bigger dog, which of course, again, the bigger dogs are going to be the ones that maybe you're more concerned about darting and running, you know, out into to traffic maybe or something. But the little dogs, which generally are the ones that are staying inside, I think there's even more of a concern that when they get out, it's more of an emergency, right? So, yeah. um, so that's one thing I would say. It would be nice if, if they had a smaller version of this. Maybe it was less, uh, had fewer features or something. But if they had a, a slightly smaller version for really small animals, um, that could simply just give you the tracking and maybe some of the other uh, small pieces. That would be kind of cool too. Yeah. But, but I love this. I, I mean, I, as a big dog fan uh, myself i mean you know having a dog right now that's going through kind of some health issues it would be nice to have some other things like hey by the way you know he's only walked this much today right if if you've got two people taking care of them you don't know who's taking them out and how long they've gone uh that would be a really uh cool thing to know so yeah that's pretty cool yeah Yeah. i mean again if you're going to put a device on there that's going to be permanently sitting with your with your animal that's might as well use it to grab some other information that'd be helpful as well. Yeah. Now I have gotten questions, Brian, I don't know if you have about the whole idea of tracking, you know, trackers, trackable items uh, have gotten to be really popular in the last few years. And, you know, I know uh, you actually, me for a birthday or a Christmas gift, I guess one of the tile trackers that uh, I use on my keychain. 
And then Apple came out with their AirTags recently, or in the last year, little miniature trackers you can put on things. I get questions a lot from people saying, well, couldn't I yeah, just use that with on it? I mean, yeah. they're like 20, 25 bucks and I could put it on. They come have some ways to affix to a nice little uh, kind of connector uh, chain thing mm-hmm. that could go onto a, a leash. It'd be a great way to track them. So there are some pros and cons with that. I mean, yes, yeah, let's think you, about that. You can do this. Okay. I want to go ahead and say, first off, I'm, I'm not, there are some downsides to it, but at the bare minimum, yes, this is possible that you can attach an air tag or a tile to an animal. And just like if you attached it to a, your, 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 uh, briefcase or keys or anything else, it'll, you can pull it up on the find my app on the, on the iPhone and be able to see where it is. Um, the thing to keep in mind about the air tags or even the tile, you know, the little tile, uh, similar type of device you've got here as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, The difference between all of this is that you are looking at a device that uses uh, Bluetooth connectivity to ping other, like in the case of Apple, other Apple devices in the vicinity. So what that means is that, well, an air tag, it may work really well to try to find an item because that item is probably going to be possibly near other people. And the chance of somebody around there having an Apple product is pretty right. high. That's how it works. Um, you imagine a dog though, that takes off and runs out in the woods, probably not going to find a lot of Bluetooth yep. connected things around them. So that's why GPS is important for truly good tracking of a lost animal because GPS will get right down to the longitude latitude very specific, doesn't need any other devices around it. It's using actual GPS signals available to it everywhere. But, you know, like I showed you, it's 150 bucks for that one tracker right. that we showed right. a little bit ago compared to 20, 25 bucks for one of these other devices like a tile, for example, uh, type of de- um, shareable device. So, you know, let's say, let's say you just don't want to put a lot of, a lot of money into tracking an animal, but you'd like to do a little bit. This yeah. is better than nothing, by all means. Right. Is you know these will work, but just keep in mind if you're looking for truly great accuracy and being able to really follow them, no matter where they are and if they're around people or not, um, you may want to look at a GPS device like the previous one we showed, the whistle. Yeah, well, and this is, and this is the thing. I, I know we've talked a little bit about the the trackers before, but there are pros and cons. You know, for someone who has tile trackers as well. You know, the, the, the downside is this is not something where, you know, you would expect to know uh, down to the, you know, down to the, the square, you know, square foot where that particular device is. Um, mm-hmm. If it's in your house, it's great to have because you can turn on the ringer and it'll beep at you so that you can go find it. But you're not going to find it simply from looking at the, the tracker app and say, it's just going to show you, yeah, it's in your house or it's in this general area. Right mm-hmm. now, if I, if I lived in a, if I lived in a big city, so if I lived in uh, downtown New York city and I had a pet, a tile may work just fine. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, right. Where's it going to go? Takes your dog, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people around you that probably have tile, tile apps on their phones. So all of a sudden it's triangulating with all of that. And you would know, I see that it's, you know, a couple blocks away. Um, you might have an opportunity to do that. If you live out in the, the country 
or you live to where your dog's going to go out of your fence line and you want to know that that's happening, yeah, these are not the ways to go. This is not what this yeah. is going to be for. That's the other thing that was going to, you're right, mentioning is that these air tags or tiles are not meant for notifying you the very second right. that they leave an area. They will notify you. There are some ways to tra track and say, hey, look, if you get away from this device for a certain amount of time, I will send you a notification, let you know. But it's not going to be down to that nth degree that you need. Like right. if your dog is bolting out the front door, out your front yard, you kind of want to know right away and not yep. several minutes yep. later, which is what those tracking devices are going to do. So, um, yeah, it's not it's not the best tracking solution, but in a pinch and for well, a limited and it, amount yeah, of money it, put into it is is pretty good. And like you said, living in right. a bigger city, it does make a little better sense than it does yeah. living out in a more rural area. So, yeah, I mean, just think about it. This if you've got a lot of people around you and all and if all you want to do is know that when you can't find your dog, that you can try to get an idea generally where it's been seen recently, yeah. then sure. And, you know, maybe you've bought tile packs with where you get a five pack and you've already got one and you decide to put it on the collar. Great. Right. I mean, it, it can certainly give you a little sure. bit more security, but. You're right. If you're someone like me who would rather know if I'm going to track them, I'd rather know the moment they left the door. Mm -hmm. I have an indoor dog. If he happens to get out, I want to know that right away. Then yeah. this is not going to be the, the the way I'm going to be looking for something sure. that a more creative situation, either the the whistle or a type product like that. Um, or, Alan, if you you know, if we're OK to move along to another another direction, maybe I'm looking for something that says, Maybe I don't need to track the pet. Maybe what I need to do is track the the exit out of their pet door. Maybe mm -hmm. I need to know when they leave their pet door. Maybe I need to leave. Uh, need to know when they go outside. Um, and that I think is kind of cool that there are things uh, that are actually smart pet doors now. So, so let me let me give you a, a quick scenario, Alex. Yeah, yeah let me give you a quick scenario. Yeah, so I have a I have a pet door. Um, mm -hmm. Our pet door, now luckily our pet door is a little different. We have a fenced backyard and our pet door I put into the screen itself. So I attached one of these pet doors into the screen. So when I have the door open, the screen closed, they can go through the screen, through a door in the screen. Uh, my dog can go in and out. So obviously I'm setting that scenario up to where even if they went out, I've already said they can go out, right? Because I've opened up a screen. But if I had a pet door, like a dog door, on that sliding door or something to where they could go out on their own when I'm not home. That's where it gets to be a little nerve wracking, right? Especially if I don't have a fence outside or if there happens to like me, I have a small dog and there's a, there, I found out there was a gap in one of our fence boards mm -hmm. to where he yeah. potentially could slide out. Now I want to know when he's gone outside that door. So, um, kind of a cool thing is this, the pet doors, there's a couple of advancements in those that I've been really intrigued about. One of them is that um, there are pet doors to where the pet door itself only unlocks when you get close, when the dog gets close to the pet door. Now, why hmm. is that important? All right. Why would it yeah. be important for only the dog to be able to go out the door? Well, <laughs> I think I may have sent this to you, Alan. We have on our outdoor cameras, we caught uh, several raccoons the other day coming through yes. our yard. Right. Right. Well, if I have a pet door <laughs> and the <laughs> raccoon is smelling things inside, I don't want the raccoon to be able to get through. So one of these electronic smart doors is kind of cool in that, you know, the collar, there's a probably a sensor on the collar that as the dog gets close, 
proximity to the door. It unlocks, allows the dog to go out. When they're, when they're away from the, the door, it's locked. Nobody can get mm-hmm. through. Nobody can push through. So to me, there's one really cool advancement that says, well, if I'm worried about my dog darting, maybe I ought to know that one, only they can go out the door. And two, there's kind of a next step of this, which is they can notify you when the dog goes out and goes through that door or when the door gets unlocked. Um, Those are some of the things you might look for as a way of uh, kind of recognizing a little bit more quickly when the, when the pet's leaving. So so this so particular one you've looked these, at, tell me, tell me a little bit about it, Alan. Because well, um, yeah, the electronic smart door. This is from PetSafe, their product, and um, I don't have any experience with a pet door, so I'm I'm going into this a little bit, just kind of learning it as I go. But it does sound like this has a capability where it can unlock based on if it detects your animal, your pet is approaching the yep. door. So kind of. Sure. Uh, and I would assume, too, that there, there's got to be a function on these where you could basically say, I want to lock the door, even for my pet, for a time. Let's yeah. say if I'm traveling yep. and I'm going to be somewhere you know, out for a little bit and I really don't want the dog going out that day while I'm, while I'm out traveling too far away, um, I can lock it to where the dog, even if the dog approached it, it's not going to let him through. And then I can let him out or let the yep. door be accessible remotely. So that kind of gives the ultimate flexibility, notifying me if they come in and out of the door, me with the ability to lock or unlock that pet door uh, whenever I want, or to allow the dog to unlock it themselves by approaching the door. Right. So even if, even if I'm home and I've decided that this is the time where I want my pet to be able to go out, that I can't get that raccoon that just decides to come in in the middle of the day. Right. So yeah. that, that allows for that uh, situation. And I think what you're talking about too, Ellen, I mean, you know, for those who have listened to our previous episodes where we talked, I think you, you've mentioned a couple of times now, um, is it level? It, what's the, what's the name of the, 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 door uh, lock that you the have? smart lock I use? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the same idea, right? I mean, you could, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's also a way to deadbolt, you know, you could have an additional deadbolt if you decide, you know what, even if I don't want anybody coming in, even if they have the app to be able to come in, yeah, I can right. I can still deadbolt. I'm sure a lot of these smart doors, you know, these dog doors, I mean, even ours that isn't a smart door uh, has a little slider where we can lock it so that the dog can't go out uh, during certain times. So, yeah. So I think those well, would be things again, to look for, right, is to figure out what is your use case. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily advocating this one. I have not used any of these smart doors, right? but right. I do know the technology is there. And I think there's some great options to work with. Yeah. Um, yep. Not necessarily advocating the pet safe one because we don't have any experience with it, but just uh, they do make some brands of those that you can actually put into your own existing door, just like a more traditional pet door, but ones you can control yeah. remotely. I mean, think of a great example. Let's say you're, um, uh, let's say you're away from your house, but uh, your security camera outside picks up that there are some other dogs, like maybe some more uh, loose dogs that are out there, kind of yep. aggressive dogs. And you just decide at that moment, you don't want your dog to leave that house to walk outside for any reason. So you can trigger it remotely and say, look, go ahead, let's lock down that pet door. So I don't want yep. the, I don't want my dog to leave the house for any reason for a little while. Yeah. So yep. some great reasons to kind of have that flexibility, but, but how great yep. is it to know that you could be away from your house, and be notified that, yep, the dog did leave the pet door and then the dog came back in and right. kind of being aware of that. So, you know, so that that's good. 
You know, and I think that's in in our in our goal. I think with this discussion is give you the the key features that you ought to look for, right? Yeah. If you're someone, you know, if if I was getting a pet door and an electric one like this, I would be looking for the ability to have Wi-Fi connections so I could get notifications, the ability for the dog to be able to open it only when they're close, as opposed to someone else being able to go through. Um, so if you are able to get those notifications and you're able to do that, the beauty is you can look back at our one of our earlier episodes uh, a long time ago, Alan, where we talked about some of the uh, automations that you could create. I mean, there's all sorts of things you could do. The example you just mentioned says if anything moves in my outdoor camera, you know, <laughs> then make this happen with my smart door. Right. right. You, could, you could start yeah. to really create lots of cool things, which I think is for a pet owner um, who can't be at home all the time, those are the kind of the things that you want to, to make a better experience for the pet. So, nice so that would be another one, right? Sure. It's smart, smart door. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Alan, one of the things that technology has been around for a long time with pets is the security of, I don't want them to leave my yard. And mm. how do I get that to happen? And there's all sorts of like invisible fences Okay, those have been around for for ages, right? Invisible fences. People used to bury lines all the way around their perimeter that says, "Okay, there's a the dog has a collar that if they get close or go through that beam, it shocks them so that they learn." Mm -hmm. There's a training element, but also a safety element to make sure the dogs isn't leaving um, your perimeter. Um, you know, I haven't had one of those before. I've had friends that have had those, and those, like I said, they've been around forever. What I will say is just looking into that, it, it seems like they've improved a little bit into where it used to be you had to bury lines, right? You oh, had sure. to go and dig up your yard, bury a line, um, and then that would be the the way in which it would recognize. Now, I think there's wireless versions. You could go and put multiple flags up, and the flags end up creating a perimeter um, that will end up kind of notifying uh, the dog. You can do it you know, with a... Uh, uh, with a small uh, shock or a vibration or even a noise that kind of trains them, but also keeps them in your yard. So I think that those are the other things. If you're someone who wants your dog to be outside, but also doesn't want them to leave your perimeter, um, yeah. technology is also there for that, right? Yeah. We actually looked into that for my dog when we moved in this house because we wanted to be able to let her to go outside some, but we really needed to make sure she stayed pretty close to the house, you know, in the yard. So she didn't get close to the, the busy streets, but we didn't want to dig an invisible fence line through the yeah. house. So, or through the yard. So they do make them, like you said, it's like a, a one unit that you kind of set in the central spot of where you'd want the perimeter to be around your house. So it could be inside your house or at least like in a carport or a covered shelter or something outside, but it does create that perimeter around your house with that same right. kind of radio frequency. So yeah, if the dog approaches it, it's just like the invisible fence. It will emit a noise, let them know that they're approaching the barrier. It does emit some sort of, you know, vibration type feel when they leave. So it kind of em emulates a, I don't want to say a shock because it's not quite that, that bad, but it is enough to, to surprise them and kind of know right. that they've gone too far. Yep. So it's good. And the great thing about it too is that they do make them to where they're one way or two way. So if they do run out by accident and they run back in, these are ones that you can actually have them run back in and they don't get 
affected again. They don't get right. that same right. emotion. So it actually you don't get them trained to stay out. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's always yeah. been the problem with the invisible fence is that once they run past that that line, they're not going to want to come back. So once they're out, they're out. But they yep. do make them now to where they can come back in. So uh, it's a little bit better. I didn't get a chance to use it. Our dog got really sick, you know, or after shortly after we moved in and stayed inside all day. So we didn't see the need for it. But um, yeah. it was one we were exploring for a while, for sure, as an option. It has gotten yeah. a little better, probably not advanced as much as a lot of the other things we're talking about. But there are have been some improvements away from the uh, the shot collars uh, and, and yeah. running wire throughout your your your, house, your yard. So and I, and I haven't looked into this, but but I'm assuming also now the perimeter of a lot of people's property um, these days, a lot of times probably aligns with their, their Wi-Fi network, you mm-hmm. know, the Wi-Fi reach. I would imagine there's also some, some other do it yourself versions where you could say, you know, the moment they leave the Wi-Fi, you know, the Wi-Fi capability, this happens, or if they start to, you know, get to the edge of my Wi-Fi, right. The downside with that is that, you know, if your Wi-Fi goes down, you know, is there an issue that sure. says, Oh, you know, you're, 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 you've moved off the couch and sorry, you've reached the end of our Wi-Fi. Um, so, you know, I just, I just think the technology behind this is great in that we're getting things to where, you know, the sensors are smaller, you know, it used to be those dog collars, they had to be really, really big, this, this big device that went on them and, mm-hmm. and, you know, replace the batteries often and all of that. Now you can kind of, you're getting a smaller version of that. You're also getting maybe a more humane version of that. But potentially yeah. you've got the ability to, to to do it without digging up your yard. So I think that's great. Yeah. So there's some, some options. Now, Brian, there. what about if we want to keep an eye on our pets while they're inside the house? Let's say we have an indoor dog or, or cat and we are not at home. We go off to work or we're off for a, a weekend or whatever it may be. And we want to keep tabs on them inside the house. I mean, of course, you know, we've, we've talked about home security systems and kind of the cameras you can get uh, yep. for inside your house. But that's that's really geared for a different purpose. That's more of I want to get a broad view of making sure nobody's coming into my house. They make a lot of products, and uh, I don't know if you've had any experience with them or not, where you can actually have the kind of meant-for-pet cameras, especially dogs, like a camera that you position inside your house. It's on your Wi-Fi network. You can check on it remotely just like you could your home security one. But the way that you can kind of keep tabs on your animal is a lot of them will – include a, a a dispenser of like a treat. So in other words, it's kind of encouraging your pet to be near that camera occasionally. And whenever you want to try to call them, you can actually, uh, here, I'm, I'll bring up a screen to show an example. But uh, my son had one of these for his dog, which was really fun to watch, um, where basically you could call them over a little speaker on that camera device. And when they hear your voice, ideally they come running to the unit and you could give them a little treats that encourages them to know that it's okay to approach this thing and be near it. But um, the main thing is you got a camera that's really meant for looking at your animal at their level, right. obviously down the ground level. Um, and uh, kind of in a spot where you feel like that the pet is more likely to be or may hang around a lot more. But with that little audio voice that you can play on it, you can really get their attention and call them over. So you can just get a, a visual check to make sure they're good and see how they're doing on yeah. things. No, I, I do not have one of these. We we were intrigued by them several years ago um, when we, you know, we're having to leave our, 
leave our pet alone for you know hours and hours at a time when we go to work and and we had can have an interest of checking in you know now i will i, I will say we do this often you know we do check in our on our pet every so often especially you know our dog right now is also also sick and so we you know want to make sure that he's not pacing and and seeming as though he's having a bad time we use our you know we use our cameras this way and this is probably the one reason that i have an indoor camera um you know i've talked before about how i have the wise cameras and i have the outdoor versions of these but i have one indoor one that is able to turn i can you know turn it pan yeah. zoom and all okay. of that stuff i have one of those and that's the reason we have that it's not to it's not to see if someone's in our our you know in our living room yeah because we we know if they're coming up to our doorbell we know if they're coming outside but this is for us to check in on our dog uh, a couple times throughout the day, we'll pull up the camera, we'll z zoom and try to pan around and try to see where he is and make sure he's not pacing. Sometimes we'll turn on the notifications that says, if he's moving, please notify us. And we can, of course, speak through our camera and, you know, yeah. try to console him a little bit or uh, whatever. But the idea of giving a treat is kind of cool, um, you know, to, <laughs> to hopefully, you know, try to, you know, calm the dog down or to, uh, you know, kind of train them to, to do a, f a few things. So. This is kind of a, this well, is a cool thing. So if you don't have your own indoor cool. camera system, you know, this could be a nice way of adding that simply for uh, the pet. Yeah. Well, or even if you do have an indoor camera system, but maybe the positioning of that cameras are really yeah. meant for watching your doors and Security. windows or other yeah. areas, but there's a spot where your, your, your pet likes to lay, likes to hang out, likes to be when you're, you're not there. This kind of gives you some flexibility because obviously you can move it around. It's portable. Yep. It's not yep. something fixed anywhere. So there's some pros and cons to it compared to a home security system camera. One thing I do like about these, which it would not have worked with my dog because my dog would bark at everything, but it does also have an ability to turn on a bark sensor. So the idea is that if your dog is one that's not likely to bark unless there's truly something worrying <laughs> it, upsetting it, let's say he hears somebody near the door or something else, then you can actually have this a device like this say, notify me if he's barking. Yeah. Then you can yeah. check in on the camera and be like, okay, what's gives because my dog doesn't bark very often. Now, again, my dog barked at everything all the time. So I would have been <laughs> notified every five minutes about something that wouldn't have worked for me. But I do like that feature. I think that's great if you have a very yeah. protective dog that is only going to sound the alarm if something's wrong, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. you can be notified of that right away. So. Yeah, that's very cool. That's good. Yeah. So a lot of great ways to kind of help keep our pet safe, or at least keep an eye on them, keep them tracked, um, keep them in place, whatever it may be. There's a lot of, you know, it's the foundation of all these things have been around for a long time. It's just they've gotten using the smart home technology capabilities and getting a little more customized to these specific needs is where it's been kind of interesting. Yeah. 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 And notifications. I mean, I think that's, you know, because of the smart thing. home connection to me, that's a, you know, that's a game changer when you can start yeah. to be notified rather than, you know, again, I think for, you know, there may, may be a lot of people that have, have owned pets for a long time and maybe have outdoor pets and, you know, they're just thinking, what are you talking about? Why would I want to, you know, track my pet or no, you know, they're mm -hmm. supposed to be able to live on their own. But for someone who has, you know, small dogs an indoor dog, um, and then specifically, and, and, you know, I've had my dog almost 14 years, the later parts of their life where you're like, okay, you know, my dog is sick and I'm a little nervous about, are they, 
You know, are they hurting? Are they, you know, can I leave them alone? At least it gives you some peace of mind to know I could check in on them. Yeah. Uh, I can know whether or not they, maybe they are a little delirious and they wander a further away than they need to because their vision's bad. Those are the things that can, might be helpful. So, uh, so I think they're, I think they're great. I don't That's think good. they, I don't think they necessarily lead to some negative, you know, behaviors. It doesn't mean that, Hey, you're going to start leaving your dog more often because you can do this. It just maybe gives right. you the peace of mind, which I think peace of mind is what it is. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, so Brian, safety was the big thing we want to talk about, but there's, there are a few other, some other topic areas you mentioned at the top of the show. I yeah. think we should hit and talk about some, how technology is improving these other aspects of caring for pets. Um, feeding is kind of an important thing. And granted, you know, we all feed our pets if you have a pet, but um, the idea of using technology to help with the feeding, especially when you're not around. Um, I know that we've had some of those automatic automatic feeders that you can put a lot of food into a, a every two dog. hours does something. Yeah, yeah. And it just knows on a, it's like a little uh, mechanical timer. It just knows, okay, it's been two hours. I'm going to spit out some more food for the animal to eat. And that's fine, but it's obviously not really catered to any one particular dog. It's, you know, you're, you're relying on just a, a certain interval that has to happen. It's not really letting you know if the food is out because, you know, you may have set it to come out every two hours and you thought you had enough in there. At the end of the day, it was just, it's not spitting out anything because it's out of food and we don't know that. So it's sure. just, there's a lot of still things that could kind of be improved upon and they have use technology to kind of help with feeding of things using smart feeders. Um, well, Alan, it's like, um, with these? well, it, I'm just thinking as you, as you say this, it's like, um, back to the future the first, the first scene, you know, doc Brown has a, you know, a timer that every, every day kind of, you know, dump some food out for, yeah. for Einstein. Um, you know, the issue there is that even if the dog doesn't eat it, it's still going to dump it out, right? It's still yes, going to be causing yeah. a mess, right? Mm -hmm. So the beauty of this is that, yeah, it could become based off of behavior as opposed to based off of simply time, right? Yeah. You know, the beauty is you could set these for, we, we do not have these. Uh, we've not used one before, but we've looked into them before or looked at them. And, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty nice in that if you believe, you know, you have, uh, an animal that needs a certain amount of food delivered to them every, you know, four hours or something. Um, you know, I got, <laughs> I have to say, I, I got berated many, many years ago by a veterinarian uh, who I had taken my dog in and they gained weight. And he was just, you know, he was just so uh, frustrated to hear that my dog free fed, right. That I fed them in the morning and, and I said, he eats when he wants to eat. And he's like, Oh my gosh, you know, you can't free feed. Well, you know, a way to get around that, right, is if I'm not going to be home for, for eight hours, um, is to have something that only puts out a portion every few minutes or a few mm -hmm. hours, uh, or only puts it out when it's gone and it says you're only yeah. able to get a certain amount, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think people have been using some of this for cats for a long time because, you know, cats were a little a little bit more self-sufficient into where they had a litter box. They could, you could set food out and they would just eat as they needed to eat for, you know, days upon days. Dogs, I think, were a little bit more problematic because they needed to go out. Um, yeah. But uh, but these have been these have been great. What I what I love about what's changed with these is they can actually, you know, some of these actually have the ability of then giving you information that says, you know, Fido finished his bowl, 
right? You know, mm-hmm. there's no more food left. So then you can decide from a notification that, hey, do I want to give Fido more food or not? Or maybe I need to know that, you know, the fact that Fido, you know, is eating more than he normally does and there's a health concern, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's some of the cool things about these is they can connect through your Wi-Fi and anything that can connect through your Wi-Fi means that there are ways of controlling it and notifying you. And you can just yep. think about all these opportunities, right? Well, think about the idea too. I mean, even starting back as we started talking about the more mechanical ones that we have available beforehand, you know, it's still set on intervals. And, you know, if I have a, if I say, look, I want my dog to get some food at 7 a.m. in the morning and then again at five in the afternoon, if that's my custom schedule, I want to be able to program that and say, that's Mm -hmm. the two times I'm going to have some food come out. And that's what I think is great is that you're not relying on just it being a mechanical process that has to be on a certain right. timer. It's the fact that these, these are plugged into the wall. Many of them have battery backup. So if the power goes out, they're still going to run the way they should. And uh, as far as the, uh, the times you set, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. But also if you say you want to skip a meal, say, look, I, I, I just, you know, I gave him some food uh, a different way or he got some food uh, treat some other way. So we're not going to feed him this time. So skip, I don't want you to, I don't want you to feed him automatically through the, the dish bowl this time. And so you can have that skipped and not worry about it. Unlike a mechanical one, there's really no way to do it other than to unplug it or stop it from doing what it's doing already. So I just, I love the flexibility of it. I mean, again, this is really more for those situations where you have an animal that you aren't able to feed throughout the day and you need to make sure they're being taken care of, but you want to have more control over it. And also, like you said, a little bit more able to watch what they're eating and how much they're eating. Um, Yeah, because, I mean, there's the thing is that, yeah, there's some dogs that I think I've seen where that automated food disbursement on every so many hours basis, the dog will just eat all of it every time the food comes out. And it's like overeating because you're not able to control it. Here, it's easy to say with one of these uh, smart devices, yeah, if the bowl's empty, uh, don't feed them again, you know, or, or if there's still food right. in the bowl, don't, don't put any more food out there and you have a lot more control of how you set that up. So yeah. I, I love this idea. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, think about I it, think, think about another example, Alan. I mean, what if, um, so let's say that I, I went all in on the technology. I had an automated feeder system, uh, plus maybe one of the camera systems that was there to kind of notify me when, when they get close to their bowl, when they're eating. Right. Maybe one of these automatic feeders may also have a camera enabled. The beauty of that is let's think about a situation I think that a lot of people have. What if you had two dogs and Mm. the food comes out and you see that one dog scarfed it all away? (laughs) The other dog got nothing. Right. So now all of a sudden, you know, should there be more food that comes out because, you know, dog number two didn't get anything. Um, Those are the things that allow that the flexibility that these sorts of things will allow. You know, Alan, I had a discussion about this with a um, it, it's a, a friend of mine actually who mentioned when we were talking about uh, smart lights and being able to do smart home things about having your lights turn on at certain times. And he was trying to to ask me, he's like, "Why would I do this?" He said, "I've had this for ages. I have a I have a timer on a light that'll turn on at certain times and turn off at certain times. It's manual. I plug it in, cost him ten bucks." And I said, "You know, absolutely, that's great. But let me give you an example. Let's say that." Mm-hmm. With that smart timer, the manual timer, you turn it on to come on at 5 p.m. and turn off again at a certain time. But 
from one day to the next, the time changes and you're out here in the Northwest and now it's dark at four instead of five. Well, guess what? Now you have to remember that. You have to go and set that up next time. Whereas if it was a smart bulb, it would be something you can go in the app and say, go by daylight savings time that, you know, whenever sundown happens, this occurs. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the same idea with these dog bowls, right? If you just had a manual one, that's great, but there is no flexibility. There is no changing midway. You have to remember to do it. You have to remember to set it. You have to remember to make it based on time only, right? So I think mm-hmm. that's that's the beauty of what all of the smart devices have allowed is time's not the only reason why certain things need to happen. And I think that having the ability to make things happen in other scenarios um, is really creative. And, and this is exactly like that. So feeders, water, there's water fountains to do the exact same thing or water <laughs> deliver, you know? Yeah. Which I think, I mean, I hadn't even thought about that, but then as soon as I read about it, I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's a water fountain, an automated yep. water fountain. So yep. Yep. you have an animal that just needs some water, but you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to have a, you know, too much water just sitting there getting stale over time. Yep. Um, it's just going <laughs> to pipe out some fresh water on a schedule or whenever you on yep. demand, but remotely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Flow it out. I mean, yep. you know, I think there, you know, anything in which you say, <laughs> would it be more beneficial um, and more healthy and whatnot, whatnot for, would it give me more peace of mind? And again, we keep coming back to the peace of mind. Uh, so I think, you know, feeding is another one. Now I think this is most important for people that are not home that often. You know, if you're someone that, um, you know, is going to be gone for long periods of time and really wants to make sure that you're trying to, to not feed them all at once and, you know, have them, mm-hmm. you know, starve throughout the day if you get stuck at work until late in the evening. Uh, I think these are really helpful, uh, helpful ways of going Great. about it. Um, the, you know, yeah. the, the part that makes me a little nervous is anytime something is automated like this that I keep wondering, what if it goes haywire? What if something goes wrong? What if, you know, power sure. goes out? What if these sorts of things all of a sudden I don't have these, you know, uh, things that I had planned on, but almost all of these um, will have fail-safe notifications, right? Things that will tell you something just went wrong, right? And well, the idea, if you think about it, online. if a device goes offline, just like uh, your Wi-Fi network nowadays, a lot of times, if you're away from your home Wi-Fi and the power goes out, mine notifies me that, hey, yep. I, I don't get a signal anymore from your wireless network. If these devices have any kind of notifications back, at least we know Hey, power's out. So if power's right. out, then all these other things may not work. So um, we got a lot to contend with if that's happening. But at least we know we're aware of it. So yep. that's good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Alan, uh, let's we'll talk we'll, about uh, training. This is mainly for dogs. I mean, if you're somebody who can train your cat, more power to you. But um, <laughs> really about dogs. I've got a, I've, we've got a cat that has adopted us right now. And I would love to figure out how to train it because it is driving me crazy. It uh, does not want to do anything a normal cat would do in our house. And it's on the point of terrorizing me at times. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a cat, Alan. It's a cat. Yeah. I mean, cat, cats it's, are it's, up to, it's always up to, up to something, man. You know, I don't just, trust them. It loves my wife. Cats at all. It, it loves my wife and I think it hates me. I really do. I, I, well, I can okay. see it. So I do trust eyes. cats a little bit better, actually. Yeah. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> well, that makes more so let's sense. Talk about, yeah. Let's talk about training dogs. Um, yeah. There are some ways with new technologies that you can have some better guides on training your dog for better behaviors. Um, and, and Brian, again, I, I feel like a broken record. A lot of these are ones that I haven't 
personally use, so I can't right. vouch for the dog training itself. But I do know, you know, I'll bring up one here as an example, um, using the, the same kind of idea of collars that mm-hmm. are program or, or kind of programmable collars, but through a collar and an app that you can run on your phone, you can actually do some training of your own pet through this. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so, and, and Alan, I, I looked into this one, um, you know, because although I, you know, if you, if you've met my, any of my dogs in the past, you know, you know, training was not necessarily something we spent a lot of time on. Um, but you know, I have, I have been around people who are very diligent about training their dogs and things like clickers, um, you know, that they'll use manual clickers to be able to notify the dog and have a sound that registers Mm -hmm. to them as this is something I should not do, or this is something I should do. Um, this I thought was really interesting because it, of course, it allowed instead of a manual clicker, it allowed you to go with your phone, click on the screen that then makes something happen on their collar. So whether it's a vibration, which of course you couldn't get with the clicker, right? Clicker was all going to be basically sound only. So of course you were dealing with a dog that must have decent hearing or the hearing must be the way in which they're registering that. But this could do a sound, which of course on a collar is going to be closer to the ears. So the sound Mm -hmm. can be registered a little clearer or a vibration. Um, you know, so you've got multiple options of ways of delivering, um, delivering that training notification. Um, so, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's helpful. I think for someone who really is into training and, um, wants to assure that, you know, they can use their, uh, techniques, um, and those techniques can be delivered a little bit more effectively. This, this could be helpful. Yeah. It's still going to require you to be a good trainer of your pet. Right. I mean, that, that right. this will not do it for gonna, you. <laughs> it's not going to do it all for you. It's still going to be, you got to be persistent and consistent. Although there's got to be uh, an app for that, right? There's got to be an app for that where you just put a collar just, on and say, listen, train my dog, set just it, you know, it. yeah. If it barks, do something to it. And, yeah. you know, and if it, if it chews at my shoes, you know, please, you know, vibrate and, and scare it. And yeah, yeah. Th- one of those days, some of those things are going to happen, but, um, uh, yeah. So this, this, I think is helpful. It's a way of delivery. It's right. It's a, it's a more, yeah. maybe a more efficient and effective way of delivery of what you were going to do anyway. So. It's just making use of your smartphone. You already have Bluetooth technology yep. to communicate yep. with the caller. So it just gives you those kind of a lot more capabilities than we would have had before. Um, but now speaking of capabilities, um, let's talk a little bit about something animals pets do have to do, whether oh, yeah. it's inside or outside. And that's uh you know, got to use the bathroom. They got to do their, their do their business. The business. And, uh, yep. you know, that's one reason I think a lot of people that whether they choose to have cats or not is kind of dependent on whether they want to deal with the indoor litter box or pets, dogs inside that you want to let out to go out to go to the bathroom. That's always a challenge. It's a real challenge for pet ownership is kind of managing that. So there are some ways technology is kind of helping with this process. We'd be remiss, Brian, if we did not talk about the uh, ultra self-cleaning litter box for pet, for uh, cats. Anyway, um, I, I, I'm fascinated by these. I'm really curious I'm to gonna, see I'm how well they you, work. I'm going to let you talk about it. Go ahead. Talk well, no, I got no. I mean, these are insanely popular. They're out of stock, as yeah. you can see from the screen here already. So, yeah. um, but you know, this is it's not really anything that's going to use an app or anything else to my best of my knowledge, but it is using a form of technology to kind of help 
scoop over litter and to kind of help help discard of things coming in the litter box so a self-cleaning box um so it is so a form for, of for someone who doesn't here. have cats and has never had a cat yeah. uh since i was a kid so what you're saying is this this removes what 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 step does this remove from cat ownership alan so what it does is it kind of it kind of has a process in the inside where because of the crystals that are being used for the litter, that causes things to clump around the waste material. So then there's almost like a sweeping motion going on when, when inside the actual box. It's taking all of those things that are more of the clumps of waste, and it is pushing them into a disposable uh, bag or compartment that's very easy to dispose of instead of having to go and rake through or sift through things or changing all the litter boxing at one time, it it does a lot of that work for you. So it is using technology to do that. Let's see if I can see. You load it, um, leave it, self-cleans for weeks, and then you lose the tray. So the stuff is in the the bottom tray is a disposable bottom you get rid of. Hmm. So that's... um, that's all I can say. So it's basically been, raking. It's basically raking out the, the the clumps or cleaning out the the things that are there uh, on a more regular basis. So is it? Do you know what this one, Alan? Have you looked at? It? Is it a timer based or is it a use based? Like the moment the cat leaves, does it recognize that it's time to do that? Uh, I imagine there's probably both out there, right? Yeah, I don't know, Brian. Yeah. That's a good question. Hmm. Very good. I'm still new back into this whole cat ownership. We don't have a litter box. This our cat is the cat who has adopted us is a indoor outdoor cat. She basically goes to the door and yells whenever she's ready to go outside. And I'm not yeah. exaggerating. That's what I she think does. you need to be really yeah. careful with saying our cat, right? Because again, it's not really your cat, right? No, it's not really okay. my cat. Yeah. Not my cat at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, um, and the actual so yeah. owner probably um, hopefully isn't listening right now. But yeah, you you are taking care yeah, of someone yeah. else's cat. Well, look, right? well, I kind of hope they are. Please come get her. <laughs> Please, she has been living in our house for months now. If you know who this cat is, please. Even if it's not yours, you just want to come get her. <laughs> you want a cat. <laughs> Uh, well, what about dogs? So what, what can we, what could be beneficial with dogs? I'm going to give yeah, you one. Go I'm, I'm super pumped about this and, uh, I don't have it, but, um, but I think to myself, this would be incredibly nice to have. So, um, so let's say, you know, the dog, obviously there isn't a litter box or at least mm-hmm. I've never taught my dogs to use a litter box. Um, so I'm, I'm relying on either a regular schedule of me remin- remin- reminding me or my wife to take them out or mm-hmm. having them go out through a doggy door or something. But the reminding me to take them out is often tough. I'm someone that once I, when I get into my work, I kind of forget those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, sure. so one of the things that, that I saw that it seems incredibly intriguing is a doorbell for your dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you put a little button next to your door. That's there we go. That's right next to the, the eye level of the dog. The dog can actually get up there. And I think this one is they touch, although I'm sure there's some that if they get close, you know, proximity based yeah. or something that it rings a doorbell, it rings another doorbell that basically lets you know, wherever you are, uh, I want to go out <laughs> and you need to take me out. Now, 
I love this idea. Okay. However, yes. my dog would be there all the time. <laughs> well, I was say, five minutes, it, my dog would be there. It even says in the description of this online, it says, though with some dogs, you might expect some abuse of power. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's key is that I could just see a dog saying, you know what? I got this figured out, man. I go up, yep. I touch this thing. I get to go outside. It's awesome. Right. Dad so just went there to is his some, office. some training involved with that. Right yeah. Back. yeah. So, mm-hmm. but here would be something. So, and I don't know if it's out there, but this would be kind of the next iteration of that, right? If you think about this as being a one-to-one, they touch, the bell comes on, right? That's a very, I mean, that's a, that's a cool thing, but it's also a very limited thing, right? Well, what mm-hmm. you would want, the next version of this, and maybe it's already out there, but the next version of this would be, okay, you know, that button only works every hour, right? Or it can only work, you know, if if you haven't done this recently, right? So I think that there there are going to be ways in which that, that can, or like they can be silenced at a certain time. And again, I don't know how that training works, but, but I love this idea that, uh, you know, the dog can let me know when they got to go uh, and uh, making sure that, uh, you know, they don't punish me in other ways by going inside. So. There we go. Right. No, I think it's, I think it's good. And I think it's obviously like you mentioned, I think this is a good use situation. If you are someone that you know, may not be as able to be as attentive with your dog all the time, you're either tied up and stuff in your house, you're working a lot, you've got right. other things going right. on, but you, and you have a dog you can train to use this responsibly to really let you know when he needs to go out. Yeah. Um, it would work. Alan, I think. It's let let me give you, yeah. Let me give you a use case, right? What if? Yeah. What if that dog doorbell? You know, what if I created a scenario where the dog doorbell was magneted to that, and when I leave the house, I take it off because I don't want the dog sitting there going, "Hey, I need to go out. I need to go out. I've got this doorbell going on all the time because I'm not home," and take them out. So I take it away, and when I come back home, I put put it back on the magnet says, Hey, I'm going to be working for the next, you know, five hours mm. in my office. Right. Yeah, yeah. You let me right. know, right. When it's time to go. So there could be ways in which you could creatively, you know, make it work for your, your system. But if, yeah, this is something where mm. you feel like you get in enthralled in your work and you, uh, uh, don't always remember to, to take them out and you're worried about that. There's a, there's a good great. way to, to do that. So no, All I right. think it's really, really smart. That's good. Mylon, I think we got Unless, one more category, right? And, yeah, and this is kind of to wrap it up because, I mean, it's, we've talked about a lot of things about, you know, kind of how we manage our dogs or pets and animals and care for them and keep them safe and, and, and tend to their needs. But also, you know, another need a lot of animals have, especially dogs, is uh, the ability to play. And yep, there yep. is some technology out there to help us play uh, with our animals or at least let our animals have some more activity and more playtime as well. So, uh, Brian, I think you put a couple of these on the on the list. I'm going to bring them up and show them. But sure, yeah. Um, so, and they're both. I think they're both the same concept, but um, okay. ones for smaller dogs and ones for bigger dogs. But yeah. Yeah, the automatic dog toy deliverer, right? This is a uh, you know what this is, and 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 these have been around for a while. Uh, we've actually never used them, but I do have I have a friend that has them and and swears by it. You know, basically. It's a, you know, it's a device where the dog can go and put the ball into the, you know, into the top of this ball feeder mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it'll shoot it out and throw it for the dog. And then they go get it. They bring wow. it back, drop it in the little container and it throws. 
Because if you, you know, if you're someone who has had a golden retriever or a lab who has endless energy, <laughs> and when they see a tennis ball, here's a way to wear them out, you know, and it doesn't wear your arm out at the same time. Um, what I would say is there's a couple of cool things here, Alan. One, um, as they've started to improve these, one of them, and the one of the things I always thought about is like, you know, how many times has a dog gotten hit with one of these where they stand in front of it and get mm-hmm. shoot out, right? But there's mm-hmm. a little proximity sensors that says, you know, if the dog's right in front, it's not going oh, good. to shoot yeah, it, yeah. right? Nice. You know, mm-hmm. if a person or a kid, maybe you've got a kid and you've got your dog out playing with their, you know, automated dog device, but a kid walks in front of it. So, um, so that's not going to, uh, they've got, you know, ways in which that could happen. I'm also mm-hmm. noticing like the, what is the rest timer that it says there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it could be ways in which, you know, the dog that can continue to do this forever. Maybe there's a, a limit at which it will do it and then it'll turn off and say, sorry, you got to rest now, right? Don't wear yourself out. Um, yeah. And there are some dogs that, yes, oh, they, they, they will keep go. going until, yep. yeah, yep. until something breaks and uh, it could be actually a little bad for them. They need to take yep. some rest time. So, yep. yeah. So I think these are, these are great. And, you know, the reason I brought up the second one, Alan, is that, you know, this one would shoot a ball a certain distance and mm-hmm. you think, okay, well, that's probably not an indoor thing. Um, you know, for a lot of people, this is an outdoor thing only. Um, but then there's the, the mini ball launcher, right? And this is for maybe indoor <laughs> could be a little bit more effective yeah. for small mm-hmm. dogs that could have a, a smaller ball, you know, that they can't grab a full tennis ball. Um, so I think this is a, this is kind of a cool, uh, a, a cool way, uh, to be able to do that. So, uh, I don't know from, from knowing, you know, friends that have had these, they, they will pull them out and only use them for a certain amount of time and then put them away. I don't know sure. if this is something that if you just left out, the dog would play when they want to play, you know, while you're at work if, or yeah. if they would just wear themselves out. But um, I think, it, again, it's, it's ways to use technology to try to hopefully improve your peace of mind but also enhance yeah. the, the life of the pet, right? Enhance the, well, I mean, the you, pet to, to live effectively. Yeah. So. Well, we, we joke a little bit. I, I was joking about the whole playing kind of being maybe least important, but as you recall early on, we were talking about the health tracker on there and it was monitoring yeah. how much activity your animal was getting. Sometimes, you know, and sometimes those animals have more, the pets have more energy than we do as humans. Right. Uh, so having some technology devices that allow it to kind of get some activity and get it some running and moving and that's yep. great. So yep. I, I'm all for it. I, uh, yep. again, I, you know, I, we lost our, our dog just in the last, you know, seven or eight months. And these were all things I had kind of looked at as saying, all right, what, what are some things now that we're in a different house and we got a different setup? What are some of the things we need? You know, a lot of these things we talked about were on the list, at least, at least being considered yep. of different ways that help to help manage our pet. If, um, we certainly would have moved forward with some of them if we, we still had her. Yeah. So um, it's great. I think these are, I'm so excited about the technology that exists for pets now. Little more peace of mind knowing where they are. Little more peace of mind knowing that they can still get fed and watered even if we're not there on the right schedule. Um, you know, and then having the ability to let them play a little bit and not yeah. – uh, not wear me out at the end of the day when I come home uh, <laughs> as much. So uh, well, you know, the a, thing that is, was a right. little selfish. Yeah. It's a little selfish for me, but it's okay. I, I'll no, I it. mean, if the, you know, if you age to the point, you know, where you can't go in and give them the exercise they need, that the dog shouldn't suffer, right? So no, if there are ways in which point. that can happen, uh, 
more effectively, I think it's it's great. So obviously the, the main great. goal here is don't let this don't let the technology force you to become an absent-minded uh, or an absentee, you know, owner of your pet. Uh, but certainly if this makes sure. ownership more efficient and allows the, the, the pet's life to, to, to be more effective within your, uh, your scenario, your, your situation, then I think it's, it's great. So yeah, as with all technology, uh, think through the use case, think yeah. through the, the possible downsides and try to make the best decision um, for you and your pet. So a couple of things, Brian, that I don't know if uh, viewers were kind of picking up on when we were flashing a lot of these products up on the screen. Um, a lot of them are pretty pricey. You know, yep. they get kind of expensive. Um, I hate saying the adage, you get what you pay for. But, you know, I really think if you before you go out and, and spend a lot of money on a really uh, one of these great products, really do your research, find a really good reputable brand, find one with really great reviews. Because, you know, putting down $100, $150, $200 on some of these products we were talking about, it's not something to take lightly. I mean, I would make sure you get really good products, uh, good quality ones that are going to last and have some good yep. feedback from users. So I'd say definitely be, be uh, a lot of stuff we like to talk about tech is sometimes a little bit less expensive tech stuff that we've got apps or gadgets or whatnot. These things are can get pricey to get yep. really good ones. So I definitely say make sure you do your homework and, and research on that. Um, and then there's also a couple websites that we've also referenced a little bit that I think is important for people to keep in mind too. Um, one of the ones I'm going to show the screen here is PetSafe. A lot yep. of the products we were showing and talking about were PetSafe products. So that's PetSafe.net, not .com. It's .net. Mm. So yep. P-E-T-S-A-F-E.net. And this has a lot of the things like the automatic feeders, the uh, kitty litter scooping. Um, a lot of the, you know, some fences, some training collars, all the things and using technology for the, a lot of the products we talked about before. And then the other one I think we'll mention also is uh, Chewy.com. Yeah. It's another Chewy. website mm-hmm. that's really good for just some other pet products. No, I mean, a lot of things pet related food and uh, yep. whatnot as well, but they're also really got have some great technology products there on their website as well. You know, ones that are sold by these two, do two sites. I would have a pretty good, pretty good confidence. In, yeah. I'm pretty, pretty confident. In. In. Yep. Um, yep. Be a little careful about just finding one on Amazon and buying it. It could be a little more hit or miss. Definitely check the reviews on those, but these are some good reputable sites that we would recommend and, and yep. feel like would be a good option for you. So, and Alan, can I give one more just piece of advice? You 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 are sure. spot on. You know that you need to do your research. I think within doing your research, um, try to try to sit back and think: what are all the things that I potentially could end up purchasing and using? And the reason I say that is that you you remember a lot of these things that we've mentioned all come with something to put on the collar, you know, and if all of a sudden a year down the road, you have five things on this dog's collar, right? You're kind of counting the, the, the play and the activity uh, of what could happen here, right? But if That's you true. maybe thought ahead and said, oh, you know what? I don't just need them to have an invisible fence, but I also want them to be able to get out the pet door and all these things. Maybe there's a product that actually does all of those, right? Or can do all yeah. of those things with one sensor, Um so, you know, do think ahead and, um, you know, if you're thinking of going into the technology world with, with pets, you know, think about going in and, and handling lots of your concerns with one device as opposed to, you know, 
10 different devices that each have their own unique uh, contribution. So very, very good point. Yeah. yeah. And again, the whole kind of summing up why we feel like why we're so excited about technology when it comes to pets, it really, like you said, Brian, it's the tech, it's the notifications. Yep. Knowing that I can be notified about what's going on with my pet, even when I'm not at the house, away from the house. And I can control the things that might help my pet be better managed when I'm not there. Yep. Feeding schedule, monitoring them, tracking them, things that I don't have to physically be at the house. Because I know there's many families out there that are always, sometimes they're less, less, uh, they're more reluctant to leave the house if they've got a dog that they're really caring for more because of that, because they just have no yep. idea if the dog's going to have a need or could get out or needs to be fed. There are some ways to to kind of make the make the experience we have with our pets, I think, a little more meaningful uh, for our lives and make it a more positive experience by incorporating some of this new technology in there. So that's great. Yep, that's I agree. All right, I agree. Well, Brian, as always, if anybody has questions, feedback, they've got their own pet experience using technology, they want to share with us some things to keep in mind. How can they go about uh, getting a hold of us? Well, they can, they've got a couple options, but mainly you can send us an email at info at the mesh.tv. Um, that's one way. Uh, send us a, a notice to you know, future topics that you'd like to, to see us get into or ways in which sure. um, you use t- a pet technology. You could also go to our website, uh, our website mm-hmm. is brothers dash in dash. <laughs> Sorry, it's covered by my my webcam your, right your now. Camera. In dash yep. tech dot com. So brothers dash in dash tech dot com, and you'll yep. notice that that's continuing to we're continuing to enhance the website. Eventually, you know, we're going to have some some other reviews that we'll be doing that are outside of. Um, of what we have on the podcast. Um, but that's a way to, to access the podcast. It's a way to access our, uh, um, our contact, uh, to be able to send us an email through there. So, you know, start, uh, start using, uh, our, our website as a, as your go-to source for brothers and in tech information. And, um, yeah, there's our contact sheet. So you can send us a message that way if you would like. And, um, you know, that way you're uh, not having to send us an, an actual email. You can use our system. So, yeah, uh, so great. any of those will work. So info at the mesh.tv or brothers-in-tech.com. All right. Well, that has been our episode on Pet Tech, and we hope you enjoyed it. We will be back next time. Uh, don't want to tease it too much, but I think our next episode may be a Brothers in Tech suggestions episode. Ooh, I- Possibly. I think it's quite likely, Alan. We're, we're due. Time. We're due. I think it's time. We're due. So yep. stay tuned for that next week. That should be our episode is Brothers in Tech recommendations and suggestions for you. But until then, uh, I'm Alan Jackson. That is Brian Jackson over that way. Yep. And uh, we are the Brothers in Tech saying goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.